it's about creating culture yeah. and being clear on what that culture is. So, mm. you know, I, again, I'm very, I'm very blessed and lucky in the sense that the majority of our team mm. came with us from that, like original studio that we had started with mm. where we got that first taste of like, when you really implement a culture, um, that things can actually be the way you want them to be. Welcome to the Breathe Life Podcast. I'm Fahim Mujahid, a Miami-based integrative health and life coach, fitness and nutrition expert, personal trainer, and private yoga and meditation teacher. Each week, we'll explore meaningful content surrounding the importance and impact of living a life of mindfulness or inspiring interviews with the same intention. Together, we'll incorporate a variety of topics given with the same intention to educate, enrich, and inspire one's life. Welcome home. Hey, hey, what's going on, guys? Thank you for tuning in to the Breathe Life Podcast. So today's a special, special journey. I know I say it every time, but I've been trying to get this dynamic, amazing spirit here in the Miami community. I've been trying to get her in here for a long time, and she's busy. Every time I check on her Instagram, she's on, like, Belize and fucking Dubai, and she's traveling all over the place. I'm like, do you still even live here? So she owns and operates one of the dopest... And I mean this from a sincere heart, one of the dopest yoga studios in Miami. And I think it's more than the location and the ambiance and how it's, and, and, and the level and how you can look out the window and see over the city, the city uh, skylines. It's more, it's more about the energy and the people that you embody. Um, the person with whom, the spirit with whom I'm talking about is Lizzie Chiappi. I've been trying to get you in here. I've been a fan of yours for a long time. You were the very first Lululemon ambassador that I fell in love with when I moved to Miami so much to where they kept your fucking photo on the wall for like six years and I'm like I'm like first of all is there any opportunity for anyone else to be an ambassador here at, 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 at uh and sorry the phone's going off but I was like is there any opportunity for anyone else to be an ambassador here at Merrick Park and they're like no nah, well Lizzie kind of runs the show she's the person with whom we go to the person with whom we reach out to all the time um, but Lizzie, welcome to the Breathe Life Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm very happy that I finally made it a point to get here. Yeah, thank you. Now, was it was it me just stalking you on Instagram? Was it me just talking <laughs> shit every time I saw you? What inspired a little you bit of, A little bit of both and also just, you know, I love everything that you're up to. So I'm like, you know what? I just need to like, I'm always going to be busy. So I'm just going to make it, I'm going to make it a point to uh, make the time to oh. connect with people that are up to the same kind of shit that I'm trying to be up to. Oh, I appreciate it. And that means a lot. You know, for sure. You know, when you create something or when you try to do something, you're never really sure how people are going to respond to it. You have your heroes within the community, you being one of those for me. And they, in a lot of ways, you guys are my expanders. Mm -hmm. So when you're creating something, you always think about whether you do it subconsciously or not. You think about, okay, those dope spirits within your community, how will they respond to it? And I, was I still think about, about it all the time. Yeah, Even when you, I teach a class, I still, when my own instructors take my class, I even wonder how do my own instructors like my class? Do they like it? Do they have feedback? What do they think? Yeah. Now, do they give you feedback, feedback or oh, social yeah, boss? They don't. No, we are a high feedback studio. So it is like a known that if a, someone that works there takes your class, expect to be asked for feedback or given okay. feedback, and or the teachers automatically just ask for it too. They just were so used to it that yeah. we'll just automatically ask for it. Nice. It's part of our culture. Well, listen, speaking of culture, we're going to talk about some new culture right now. So we officially have um, our first, uh, one of our first uh, sponsors here on the podcast, Raw Juice. You and I are very familiar with this beautiful yes. brand. We're both ambassadors for it. Yep. So we're going to start doing, we're going to start kicking off this conversation with a flu shot, which has ginger Perfect. and all these other beautiful aminos and all that good nutrients from it. So I wanted to see if you would cheers to this opportunity. 
let's let's you down it. it, you know? Why not? Why not? Cheers. So salute Absolutely. to you. Absolutely. Cheers to you. It won't burn going down. Mmm. Nice. <laughs> Such a gangster. Shout out raw juice. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. So this is so there's a two there's a few things that's a first. First of all, that shot is the first. So you're the first person to go on this journey where we're going to initiate and start the conversation with a shot. So thank you for being free by first on that one. The second thing that's the first is I believe that there's so much power behind words. And a lot of times we don't necessarily take that same intention in how we communicate with each other. I think sometimes we have a, we have the ability to using our words carelessly and not really anchoring in on the power of each word can have potentially, right? So the word that I want to dedicate, I'm going to start dedicating a word to each show. And there are certain words that resonate deeper for me. So I'll recycle those words like love, power, impact, um, uh, success, fear. So the word I wanted to dedicate to today's podcast is purpose. So if you look up purpose in the, in the, in the dictionary, it's the reason behind doing something, right? And my mind goes to so many different places when I think about purpose. I can't help but but think about you and all the amazing things that you're creating with your yoga studio and yoga athletics and all the other mm -hmm. stuff that you're doing. When you think about the word purpose, where does where do you go to when you think about that word and how it shows up for you in your life? Overall, it's the purpose is to be the example that you're trying to see in the world. So like mm -hmm. what I'm expecting for others in the world, family, friends, and even strangers to give to me, it's more like what's my impact and what's my role and what can I do to make that happen? Mm -hmm. So that's my overall purpose. And then I have distinct purposes for my two businesses, you know, NYP athletes have a distinct purpose for that. And then for Casa Vinyasa, I have a distinct purpose for that. But overall, it's just ever since I found yoga and understanding and realizing the power that yoga can have in people's lives, not just physically, but mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, mm -hmm. and just seeing the impact it had in my own life. Mm -hmm. um, I just knew that it was like my duty to do my very best to take that to as many people as possible. Mm, I love that. I love yeah. that. You know, it kind of just naturally segues into, you know, starting. Um, one of the things that I want to start doing is opening each conversation with one specific question that I feel anchors everything, which is what's your why, right? Mm -hmm. And you talk about what you're doing um, with different platforms and how you're showing up for the world and what you're creating. You know, speak to a little bit of why you felt or what your why is driving not only your studio that you own, but also the work that you're doing with athletes. If you think about that why that's connecting those two things, mm -hmm. what is it? What is it from you? My why, my NYP Athletes, which was once Yoga Lead and which was yeah. once also just a Yoga for Athletes program based out of another studio, yeah. all started um, just based out of an opportunity, but then realizing within that opportunity and how much this is needed. And as an ex-athlete myself, I was a ballerina for 17 years mm -hmm. and a competitive cheerleader and all the injuries, you know, there's so much focus on the training and performance and needing to be perfect and needing to win and succeed and excel, but not enough about like, what are we doing on the back end? to make sure that these athletes are actually like nurtured, cared for, um, are mentally right, um, nutritionally right, and physically right. Mm. Not just to perform, but also so that they can feel good and live long lives feeling okay in their bodies. Mm. And so I realized that there's like, you know, we've put so much expectation on athletes and yet what are we doing to make sure that they're actually like taken care of so that they can actually do what we're asking them to do. I love that. I love yeah. that. And then, um, and then as far as the Casa Vinyasa, you know, again, that was out of, you know, I once was a part of a studio, that studio was no more. I had to detach myself from that studio and I wanted to create what that studio had once offered with such a, it showed that there's proof that you can actually work in a place where it's like a cohesive unit 
where people speak straight, people honor commitments, people are in support of one another. It's a positive environment. You feel safe, you feel supported, mm-hmm. you feel like you can grow. And really the purpose for Casa Vinyasa was, was about that, was recreating like that home, mm-hmm. um, that even though this Miami is home to so many, or even though we all have our homes within Miami, that it could actually feel like a safe place where people could go, feel accepted, feel like they could be themselves mm-hmm. and you know deal with all their shit and leave it all in the mat and feel like safe to do so. Yeah. You know, when you think about kind of like how you've been able to develop a successful practice in different mm-hmm. studios around Miami, you know, I think that you've been an anchor um, for the yoga community for such a long time. So you have these communities and you have these clients that are connected to these different studios. For you, what was what was the call to finally make the push to get out and own your own? Was it was it something that you are you always knew you wanted to do, or was it something that just kind of manifested as things just started falling? In, in, in mind. You know, it's so funny. I had th- throughout the years, I've had many moments of old bosses approaching me, asking me if I want to buy their studio because they're ready to close. Other people mm-hmm. asking me if I wanted to partner. Other people reaching out to me, I'd like to do this part. Could you do that part of a studio? And none of it ever really panned out and worked out. And then, really, again, like everything just kind of happened as it should. And it had been almost like nine years already in this industry. And mm. like I said, I left that studio and I had a I had a decision to make. Am I going to continue doing what I've been doing, which is basically driving around town like a crazy person in this right. city and yeah. driving to people's homes and different studios and different gyms, or am I going to now start to finally like? step into something in my my own vision yeah and i knew it was time i had the vision i already had the business plan laid out i just needed to plug in different numbers and different things really yeah and uh and it was just a matter of time and i knew it was now or never and so that was my window and so i took it i love that you know it takes so much courage right we were talking a little bit before before we got on air about you know one of the biggest transitions that i made prior to opening my studio nine years ago in south miami at the time i was driving around a lot like you were and one of the things that I had to come to un- to understand is that I had to compromise a lot of those opportunities elsewhere so that I could be in the building more and build what I'm trying to build. For you, when you started taking your practice from traveling all over, being on South Beach, Key Biscayne, whatever, to saying, hey, you know what, now I'm going to localize and I'm going to miss out, mm-hmm. you know, obviously changing the reference of seeing it as a missed opportunity and knowing right. that you're just kind of stepping into something else. But was it hard for you to to kind of let go of some of those opportunities, even if it meant not necessarily having an, a client in that hour because you knew it was gonna allow you to be in the space more, right? Well, two parts of that. I mean, I've always kept at the forefront of my mind, you mm-hmm. know, when I was like getting started in this business and like hustling and running around, my father has always been one of my main mentors and um, he's mm-hmm. a very, He's a very grounded man and very successful businessman. And he's always told me there's a difference of working on your business and working in your business. Mm. And so that running around really just kept me in my business, but not really working on my future goals. So I always mm. knew that there's a different, there's going to come a time where I'd have to figure out how to leverage myself and what I'm doing in order to really tap into like my overall vision mm. that I can't just like do it all. But in the beginning, you know, I feel like it's so important. You know, I had to find my way. I mean, a lot of people don't know this. I didn't even start with yoga in this industry. I started with Pilates. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, I thought I was going to open a Pilates studio. Yeah. And then I got, I taught Zumba. Yeah. You? <laughs> I, yes, me. Nice. I taught Zumba. I was a ballet teacher. I taught bar classes. I was nice. a personal trainer. And then came the yoga, you know, and wow. then the yoga is what really opened my eyes and opened up the most opportunity for me. And that's when really things started to fall into place the most is when I d- delved into into yoga. Mm-hmm. And of course, it was hard to leave some of those clients were with me for seven, eight years. 
that mm. I was driving to their house. Yeah. You know, by that point, they become family. Yeah, of course. And they know some. Sometimes some of them know more about me than some of my friends just because I see them more often. Right. You know, so of course it was definitely hard. And even when I opened the studio, I still kept some because mm-hmm. I needed to. You know, we didn't pay ourselves the first year, my partner yeah. and I. So we needed. I needed something to yeah. survive. Yeah. So I kept some, and it was still hard to pull away that last final straw of like, all right, yeah. I need. I need to be in the studio. I need to stop taking clients and I need to now start working on like where we want to go next. I love that. Yeah. You know, I think the biggest takeaway that I try to, whenever I'm sitting down, I'm talking to entrepreneurs who are really inspired about doing their thing. One of the things that come up a lot is that you constantly hear people saying, Hey, I want to get to a place where that transition will be much, com- much more comfortable for me. And where the part of me kind of like, I really respect that. And I'm like, wow, you're putting, that that much thought into making sure that your ducks are somewhat in a row to where you can somewhat um, modify or soften the blow of unease and unrest that you'll feel when making that transition. But there's a small part of me that feels like if you're starting off to do something, there's never going to be a perfect time, and that shit's going to suck initially. Yeah. It's, there's there's no there's no moment in any of this process that I've had any ease. Yeah. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah. Although <laughs> I mean, although the trips to Bimini do look fucking gorgeous. So well, it helps that my dad okay. has a place there. There you go. Okay. <laughs> shout out. Shout out, Dad. What's shout up? out, Dad. Thanks yeah, for having yeah. a boat. Absolutely, for sure. No, but it, it but it was but there but but speaking to that, that's why your why is so important, right? Yeah. I think the quote goes: If you have a strong enough why, then you're overcoming how. Pretty much. And I think that so many people think that it should come a certain way. Mm-hmm. And when you're being birthed into something new, it's painful. It is. Right? And I think what people miss out on is they think the, they assume that they have to have everything figured out if they're going to step into something. Mm-hmm. And what I'd rather say is once I made the definitive decision, like this is what I'm going to do, it's amazing how many things just kind of happened and sort of aligned itself angels literally fell from the heavens and helped us with certain parts of opening the business and Mm. just so many things that start to fall into place when you really are just clear like i'm gonna do this no matter what and then things do i mean as difficult as it still can be and unnerving things just do start falling into place yeah yeah you know it's almost like you be we kind of have it in, in reverse order it's like you you do so that you could become, but in reality, it's you be, and then you do the things so that you can have the, the mm-hmm. house, right? Right. So when you talk about your the journey that you've been on, right, and different expressions of who you are, you know, I think it was Matthew Sherman and I were having a conversation. He, he comes from a restaurateur, and now he's a poet in Brooklyn. And he goes, I don't know whether it's right or wrong, but I know it's coming through me, this mm-hmm. poetry, becoming an artist and identifying myself as an artist for the first time. When you were going from you know, Pilates to Zumba to yoga, have you always been open to knowing that you're going to evolve on this journey as you define yourself? Or did you find that stepping into yoga from Zumba Zumba was hard because you saw yourself as a Zumba instructor or, or a Pilates instructor? Or did you always give yourself that grace to kind of grow into what you're doing? I always gave myself the grace. You know, I never knew where this was all going to lead. Like I said, when I started this industry, I was teaching ballet and mm-hmm. getting my Pilates certification at the same time and Zumba at the same time, but Zumba was easy. It was like a weekend course. Pilates took a, was a year long process. Mm-hmm. And I was always very open, you know, like I first thought that I would open a ballet slash Pilates studio because that's what I saw my first boss do. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and so, you know, I just modeled it after that. I didn't really know what my options were, or how it looked like. And mm-hmm. then I started working at other places and seeing how other people did things, but I was always very open. Mm-hmm. And I knew that at some point in time, I would narrow down to something. I just didn't know what, but I would knew once I got there. Yeah. And so that's why I was just willing. And I thought also just in general, as an instructor, Mm -hmm. 
I only became better as an instructor the more things I had under my belt. Mm. I was able, I learned the body different ways, different, with all those different modalities. I learned how to teach. I was able to cross the modalities with each other, mm. um, you know, intermingle stuff. So if anything, I just felt like it made me a better overall instructor. I love that. Yeah. And, you, and you're using all of those elements into the practice that you have personally. But also the different um, the different businesses yes, and, and what you're and, and how you're showing up within the community. Yeah, which I think says a lot about. I think sometimes we get so fixated on the finite definition of who we are mm-hmm. that when we feel ourselves shifting into something different, we're not kind enough to let or allow ourselves to shift into that. Right. Right. It's almost like who am I? This football player. Now I'm a mindful expert. Like how right, how does right. that work? Can I create space for that? Am I? Mm-hmm. So you go from being this big meat carnivore to now you're plant-based? How the fuck does that right, work? Right, right. I mean, I remember when I came home I'm the first time. I'm plant-based now, too, for the most part. There you go. So congrats. <laughs> welcome, welcome. I was wondering why the universe just felt like it shifted. I just leveled up. My wife was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I was like, I don't know. I just felt like I leveled up. So that was you coming a part of this movement. Yeah. So good for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I, I, you know, I look forward to expanding upon that a little bit. But... Yeah, leaving room for yourself to grow into something different. Well, it, it just reminded me another. My father, my father, by the way, is like a motivational speaker on the side, kind of. Oh, and nice. He's like full of one-liners all the time. My okay. entire life growing right. up, we and he's always, in. yeah, and he's always handed me book after book after book. Nice. And another line that he says is, "When you label, you disable." So if you just only see yourself as one thing, then you just completely Inspired. limited yourself wow. into that one thing instead of what's actually possible. I love that. Yeah. Wow. Is that, is you that can him? use it. You can use it. I was going to say, I'm, I'm looking like, I'm, I got, I'm texting my trademark attorney. I'm like, hey, well, you know, that's how I've you never, label, you disable. And I've never come across that, that, that quote before. That's a very yeah. powerful quote. I'm sure he got it from one of the many well, we're books all he's read. But from yeah. Anywhere. Yeah. yeah. So, so he's always had, so you're, you talk about your parents having that passion for literature. And when you look at like where you are in your life right now and what you're doing and how you're impacting, you know, it's what part of that speaks to how you were brought up? Like what are some of the images or some of the messages that you received early on that you feel like contribute the most to what you're doing now? Oh, I always joke that my parents did a great job of brainwashing me for sure. (laughs) For sure my upbringing definitely is a reflection of how I am now. I mean, just, uh, you know, I did have learning disabilities growing up, but my parents never let me use them as a a crutch. So they definitely were on my ass big time about always, you know, I still had to pull the same grades that anybody else was expected to pull. I was never allowed to quit anything that I started. It was always about hard work, persevering, you keep going, you pick yourself back up, you know, all of that. I mean, it was, so that has definitely translated into my, and always staying positive. My father's also very positive. Yeah, I love that. I love him. I haven't even met him. But I, I know. Love his energy. <laughs> and then that helps that mom is the biggest cheerleader too. Nice. You know, which is nice too, because you know, one was played more of like the coaching role, and the other one was like the big support role. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, do you find that that's why? Because one of the things I think you've been able to master is you've been able to really master community. Mm. And I think I'm more aware of it now as I'm trying to go on this journey and what we're trying to create with Breathe Life. Mm-hmm. That the people that you connect the idea of what you're trying to create become the embodiment of what you're creating. Right. And being in and owning my own gym for a long time, it's hard to find people that, it's easy to find people that show up willing to gain a paycheck, but it's hard to find people that become an embodiment of what you're trying to um, apply and what you try, or what you're trying to have the people that come between those doors that represent you, that feeling that you want people to leave with. Right. And I feel like you've had I mean, you've done it in a beautiful way. And I just want to kind of speak to, 
for those entrepreneurs or business owners that exist within our community, but also outside, how do you, is there any way that you could speak to that would kind of lead, lead some insight into how is it you've been able to cultivate such amazing uh, energy, spirits, all different in their own way, but I never really feel like there's any distinction between meeting you there and being able to go and, and, and seeing Virginia and being able to come mm -hmm. back and see, you know, you got right. some dynamic spirits there. Right. Do you feel like, is there a, a practice that you do where you feel like it's just naturally allowing you to attract those people into your life or is it your onboarding, the way you onboard, you just do it so meticulously that you kind of weave out people who don't necessarily buy it? Right. Well, it's a, it's about creating culture yeah. and being clear on what that culture is. So, mm. you know, I, again, I'm very, I'm very blessed and lucky in the sense that the majority of our team mm. came with us from that, like original studio that we had started with mm. where we got that first taste of like, when you really implement a culture, um, that things can actually be the way you want them to be. Mm. And I was lucky enough, my partner and I were lucky enough that we all came from that culture mm. and most of our team came from that culture. So it was pretty easy. And then the, the newer people that we have brought on that didn't necessarily come from that studio, mm -hmm. we were able to easily adapt into that culture. But anyone that knew that we have brought on, it's like we have a culture document where like, this is what we're about. Mm. This is where the expectations lie. We have um, specific wording, and this is also where like our teacher training comes into play, really. Because yeah, yeah. the teacher training now, it's like you know, right from the get-go with our trainees, we immediately mm -hmm. establish it's like you know, when it's the end of a session, it's all hands on deck to turn the room around for the next session or the mm -hmm. next public class is supposed to happen. Yeah. So now it's such an inherent thing that even when we're not in a teacher training weekend, if there's a teacher trainee in the studio and a class ends, they're helping clean yeah. up. They're helping get the the room ready for the next thing. And that's how, that's how you build culture. Yeah. And of course, leading by example. So like, for instance, if you bring, if you hire someone, it's not like, so I know that there's many ways to teach yoga. Mm -hmm. I know that there's many ways that people go about things and this is what we want. Mm -hmm. Are you on board? Mm -hmm. Can, do you see yourself living into this? Is this what you want? Mm -hmm. You know, this is what's possible for you if you join us and do it this way. I love that. Yeah. I love, I love that phrase. Can you see yourself living into this? Yes. It's such an elegant way of, of, of one, not only presenting it to someone, right. but leaving the option up to that person to right. either become truly an, an embodiment of what we're trying to teach or decide that it's okay to, that this may not be for you. Right. So when you say, when you use the phrase live into it, mm -hmm. it just makes me feel a little bit better about it. Right. And again, you know, that's also why I'm a big believer too in feedback, mm. culture and the feedback, because then it's all about then everyone that's on the team, we're constantly holding each other accountable to mm. making sure that we're living up to this culture. Mm. And the only way to really do that is to be comfortable with giving and receiving feedback. Mm. So when we're constantly giving and receiving feedback about how things are handled, how things were said, things are supposed to get done and what we, where the expectations lie, mm -hmm. now that you're constantly keeping people on a level playing field. Wow. Now, do yeah. you create the culture where at any point you can shoot your shot? So let's say if there's something that I noticed that you haven't done or that you maybe aren't doing to the consistency or to the level of expectation. If I see it, I just speak to it. Or do you have a culture where it's kind of like acknowledge it, but create space where we talk about it in specific windows of time? Um, it depends what it is. Yeah. Sometimes you, I mean, usually it's kind of like if we notice something needs to be changed, we handle it right then and there. Okay. We're very much like that too. It's part of our culture. Even if like someone has a problem with someone, it's like a 24 hour rule. Like you squash it within 24 hours. Like you yeah. speak straight, you handle it. Yeah. If you need support from management, yeah. we're there, but like nice. you have the tools to like handle it and like handle it right away. Okay. Um, so we won't let things like 
like spur on for a while unless unless we feel like it's not that big of a deal we can just address it at a later time but i would say we yeah, as soon as we see it we handle okay. it and it gets well, taken care of you know another thing that i feel that um overflows in your community in your studio is this idea of trust mm. right i think it's so easy to you know you have one or two experiences and you get burned by um employees staff team members and you feel like you want to protect everything all the time mm. Right, and what I what I find is that there's such a free, a freeness from which you allow trainers to operate, and, and, and yoga instructors to operate. Like I see, yoga instructors in there that are operating from a place of fearlessness, where they're like, "Oh my God, yeah, follow me on Instagram or take my number down." Mm-hmm. It doesn't. But I've also been in some yoga studios where like, "Oh well, let me check and make sure the owner's okay with me giving you my number," which kind of speaks to the fact that that owner probably doesn't necessarily feel like he has the community, he or mm-hmm. she has a community that instills or embodies that same amount of trust and respect, mm-hmm. right? So was it important for you to kind of give that freedom to those people that you have there and trust that they're gonna do the right thing? Well, a huge day? part of our culture is integrity. Mm-hmm. Always operating and being of integrity. So it's just, you know, treat and act in the way that you would want to if you were in our position and running this business as your own. And then, yeah, we definitely operate from a space of trust is given, not earned. Mm-hmm. And I think when you operate of a place of trust is given, people mm-hmm. feel more inclined to want to live up to like a certain level of integrity mm-hmm. versus like, oh, I got to earn my way. So I'm just going to watch out for myself, kind of like how they're watching out for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, talk to me a little bit about, well, first of all, congratulations on your success. And, and you. like you said, there's peaks and valleys. There is. And there's <laughs> and there's somebody on this other end of the, of the conversation who may be running against a really, really rough spot with the vision that they have and what they want to create, whether it's a jewelry line, whether it's a movement line, whether it's a yoga studio or training studio, you name it. So I guess more or less when you find you are met with those moments of challenge, you know, is it easy for you or where do you call on? What's your practice or where do you where do you where do you go for strength when you're when you're at your wisdom end and you feel like giving up, you feel like throwing a towel in and, and maybe you're you know you're crying in your hands trying to figure out how you're gonna keep this thing afloat that you poured a lot of love into. I know we all experience those moments, right? Mm-hmm. So where do you go? Where's, what's your anchor? What anchors you in? Is it the relationships? Is it your spiritual practice? Is it, you know, is there anything that speaks to you specifically that could probably be a channel for someone that may also be running against those challenges when they do show up? That's easy for me. That's my yeah. relationship with Jesus Christ and God, 100%. Nice. My nice. faith that I honestly, truly don't know how people go through life without Base mm. in the relationship with God. Wow. That has definitely been my anchor. I pray every day. Mm. Um, I, I read scripture every day. Nice. That's definitely, that's my home base, I which is, that. you know, yeah. why also we call it like our teacher training home base is like, yeah. it's important to have that place where you go back to that, like, yeah. you know, you know, and, and for sure these past two years in my life with all the personal and mm-hmm. professional changes that I've gone through, like mm-hmm. he has shown himself to me completely and that mm-hmm. he's present, he's there and he's leading me to the greatest calling and that mm-hmm. he's got me and you know that every struggle I'm saying I now understand mm-hmm. why we go through certain struggles because I would not be to where I am right now had I not gone through all that bullshit so yeah. all that bullshit was necessary so that that for me anchors me of course my yoga practice I mean there's yeah. a reason out of all of those modalities yeah. that I chose yoga is yeah. to follow with the most because of what it did for me mentally yeah. spiritually and mm-hmm. physically yeah 
Um, so of course, and then, um, and then I'm very blessed and thankful to have a strong network of family and friends and, and my fiance are all fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You know, it's funny because a great teacher of mine who I follow a lot through yoga, he said, yoga is a, yoga is a practice you find when you're suffering. Mm. And I never heard it placed like that, but I realized that for me, it wasn't until the loss of my second sister that I really started going into the teacher training of yoga. I've always been drawn to that modality, but never really felt the, the kick to just kind of do it. And I, and I got to such a place of just kind of doubting and darkness that for me, it was the only light that I saw. So when he said it, it really resonated. And it almost seemed like in your story as well, these last couple of years really just heightened the, not only the connection you have with your practice, but also the connection that practice has in the life of other people, which right. you're doing through the work that you're doing. Right, right. Yeah, and it's almost like yoga needed to do its work within me first mm -hmm. before I could start allowing it to do, like using it to do work with others. Yeah, I love know? that. I love yeah. that. You know, we talk a little bit about kind of like the bullshit that we have mm -hmm. to go through, right? Mm -hmm. the, the, the muck that no one wants to talk about, right? The loss, <laughs> the change in seasons, the change in relationships. You know, I do, I, I agree with you. I think if you get beyond it and you start looking back at it for the lessons that it served, you actually change your relationship with it. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that if I could pick all over again, I would choose to lose my sisters. But I do think that if you can go back and find the, 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 the lesson or find the love in it, then I do think it helps birth you into or push you into um, the person that has the purpose that you're put on this planet to accomplish and do. You know, when you talk about that bullshit that you had to go through, mm -hmm. as hard as it was, as challenging as it was, where you had to go in order to come out of it, it made you to be the beautiful person that you are right now. And it probably, it seems like, clarified that purpose for you. Oh, absolutely. It, it just, how everything, met, I, I still am in awe of these last yeah. two years. Like, it's just, it's still mind-blowing of, like, how perfect everything worked out. Like, mm. it, all of a sudden, it literally went from as, like, terrible as it could possibly get yeah. to literally as fucking fantastic as it could possibly get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I love <laughs> You that. know, like, yeah. literally. Yeah. Everything from, like, my fiancé now, like, yeah. I... I definitely would not appreciate him mm. as much as I do had I not gone through what I went through. Nice. And, um, and you know, and again, like that studio as you know, as, as, as much as the fallout was not what I had wanted or anticipated, I have a lot to thank for that studio because mm. it definitely set a strong foundation for myself, my partner, my studio, and most of our teaching team. Mm. And so I'm thankful for it because it actually like really groomed me for what I'm doing right now. Yeah. And it made it very clear with what I did want and with what I didn't want. So I'm glad that I had that as a, a foundation, you know, and I'm, I'm thankful for all my past bosses. I've gotten to learn from so many of them and, mm -hmm. you know, took nuggets from each of them of like what my overall vision and how I'd want to run a business or things I wouldn't want to do, what I would do different. So all mm -hmm. of it is just kind of like in, insane how it all just like, you just got to like trust and just keep your yeah. head straight and just look yeah. forward and just keep going, you know? I love that. And you kind of see how it's unfolding for you in your life, but there was always this intention behind which the way in which you lived, right? Mm. I, you know, we hear the quote all the time. If you show me the person, if you show me someone's daily habits, I can show you the quality mm. of your life, right? So you talk about that relationship that you have with Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Can you break it down into like your daily practice, right? Because a lot of people will listen to this and be inspired. Like, oh my God, if Lizzie did it, I can do it. But I think what's what, what it speaks to is the fact that all those things that you were practicing, you were practicing on a daily basis. Yes. You were putting action behind it. I pray from this time to this time. I journal from this time to this time. I, whatever that practice is for you. Right. Can you pull the curtain behind a little bit of what your daily practice is, what your daily routine is? What are some of the things that you make sure that you crowd into your day every day? 
that helps strengthen that connection you have with with, with well every day and if someone's inspired to like start you know if they're like still a little anxious about or apprehensive about going to a church or starting like that you know a great devotional book called jesus calling is probably one of my favorite it's very layman's term it's just kind of like a message with like a focal point for every day and then we'll put a a few bible verses that kind of pertain to like that message and then and then i pray and then you know, recently I've included meditation. I'm doing this 100-day uh, nice. challenge called The Seat, oh, and I'm nice. on day 53. Nice. And I will say, you know, I love including the meditation, and that has been so nice. And one of my mentors actually once said that praying is talking to God and meditation is listening to God. Oh, wow. So I'm, I'm kind of loving kind of doing both. My my. <laughs> original goal would be to be able to have enough time i just wake up so early already as it is yeah. and i'm so tired yeah, in the yeah. morning but i would yeah. love to if i ever wake up at a reasonable time yeah. i would love to read my devotion pray and then sit and meditate all in one shot like right there nice. right now i'm having to separate it so because okay. i want to be able to be present and not have to rush and yeah. give each their time so i do read the devotion and pray separately from when i do meditate okay. um and i do try to do the prayer part first before the meditation happens so i can be in that listening after like what I've asked for and like spoken about. Yeah. Um, it doesn't always work that way, but I also don't get on my case of my own case about it if it doesn't work that way. You know, there you, you got to go. be gracious with the process. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. You got to be kind uh, to yourself. Yes, got to be kind to yourself. It's and I and I'm very much a believer, and there's no one size fits all for anything on this planet. Mm. So you know, I, some days it works to do it all together. Some days it works to do it flip flopped and whatever yeah. it is. You know, even the yeah. meditation. Sometimes ten minutes feels complete. Sometimes I definitely need the twenty minutes in order right. to feel complete. Right. You know, and, and and even as you were anchored into your 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 religious practice. Speak to a little bit. Why did you feel like you, there was still room for the meditation? Why? Where did that prioritize the way that you prioritize making it a part of your religious practice? Why was that important to you? Because I kind of feel like people in conversations that I have teaching people meditation, they feel like one can't exist with the other. And I'm like, that's the best way for it to exist. So here you are anchored in your religion. How is it or where did you go to that place where you still acknowledge that meditation could be of service, of be of value? Because again, reading a devotion i'm active mm-hmm. praying i'm talking and still active mm-hmm. and meditation is just complete stillness and silence mm-hmm. and so that definitely is missing for me in my life because i am as you know yeah. i am going at a thousand miles per hour thousand every day one. all day thousand, thousand and one, one. Yeah. i don't stop yeah. i don't know how to yeah. i don't know how to relax it's yeah. really hard yeah. <laughs> i don't yeah. even know how to sit down on the couch and watch tv and just like watch tv and not do something dropped, else you at dropped the same into time. the meditation of a real life of it <laughs> yes i did i saw I you, did. you 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 dropped in yes yeah. i did i made it happen yeah. i made it happen and uh so that was missing like the mm. point that i have to consciously stop everything i'm doing and yeah. just sit and be still and do nothing and accomplish something because even even reading the devotion and mm-hmm. praying feels like something to accomplish in a way. Even yeah. though it's a spiritual practice for me and I get a lot from it, it's still right. something I'm accomplishing. Yeah. The sitting in stillness is like new for me to actually be like, I'm actually stopping and yeah. like nothing is getting done right now. I love that. I love yeah. that. You know, I can't remember which philosopher, I, I want to say Carl Jung, but he said all the problems that we have as a society is for our inability to be able to sit in a room and be still. Mm-hmm. So Agreed. I love that. Agreed. Uh, and also, you know, I do own a yoga studio. I am a yogi and, uh, you know, to continue to honor this practice and to be my best teacher possible, Mm -hmm. um, I need to continue to, I I feel I need Mm -hmm. to continue to be open Mm -hmm. to learning as much as possible about every aspect that comes with this practice. And meditation is a huge part of the yoga practice. And so Mm -hmm. I think the only way I can really benefit my community is to really 
you know, continue to educate myself mm-hmm. and put myself through the experience of different a- aspects of this practice in order to really be able to really then be a good teacher. Yeah. You know, and, and as I kind of like look at this beautiful conversation that we're having, one of the things that I want to make sure I touched on, you know, being, you know, being uh, fellow yoga instructors or teachers, obviously you're at, you're at a level that I, you inspire me through your practice. A lot of the work that I do in yoga is very singular and one-on-one. Mm-hmm. But I think it's it speaks to the importance, at least for me, one of the things that always show up for me, you know, you hear it and you read it in all the literature that we have to read when you're going through the teacher training um, of being an embodiment of yoga. And I feel like in a lot of ways, there's a lot of yoga teachers around here that may learn the Sanskrit in and out and may know every asana and how to get in and out of every pose, but aren't necessarily living according to the yoga practice and teachings of yoga, right? Mm-hmm. When you start getting into becoming yoga in your everyday life, not just the movement or the asanas. Mm-hmm. How do you, do you believe that, do you, do you equally feel like a lot of times that's missing with how we practice or how the teachers practice in general? Like a lot of times the character aspect of being the embodiment of yoga is usually missing or do you feel like we do a good job at that as, as, as yoga teachers universally? It, de- it depends, honestly, yeah. it's kind of like it really is like even the same thing with religion. Am I the perfect yeah. Christian? Am I am I truly living into everything yeah. that the Bible speaks to? Absolutely right. not. Right. Well, I mean, I'm throwing f bombs on this. Right. <laughs> clearly, know? clearly, yeah. you know, not me. I clearly have some room for growth and <laughs> and some it. things I can work on. Yeah. Um. So I I do think that there's always room for growth for everyone to kind of check in. Yeah. And see where there's um. A possibility of them living more into the yogic teachings and mm. you know being a better representation yeah. of what's actually being spoken to in the scriptures just yeah. the same way as it is being a christian i love that it's the same it's yeah. the same you know you can be a buddhist look yeah. at all the everything yeah. that, that the buddhist religion speaks to i mean yeah. are everybody who practices buddhism living into everything they say right that's a good point touche you know, all of it, Islam, all of it, everything, well you know, like well everybody, I think there's an opportunity for growth for everyone, no matter what your spiritual practice is and what it is that you're working into, you know, it all boils down to, are you, are you an integrity? Mm. Are you an integrity with what you say and with what you do? I love that. I love that. You know, as we go on this journey and we enter into the, the sunset of this conversation, again, I honor the, the time that you've been able to commit to our tribe. You know, one of the things I, I think it's powerful to do is, you know, I, I'm a big fan of anchors, and for me, though, a white lacrosse ball is an anchor that always represents um, not only an embodiment of what I want to feel and what I want to manifest in my life. So there's a portion of this podcast that we call um, Answers at Anchor, right? We started a little bit where I asked you a couple questions that kind of speak to who you are, but I want to kind of throw a couple questions at you rapid fire just to kind of get a chance for you to kind of kick them back a little bit mm-hmm. and, and conclude that way, all right? So the first question is, if you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go? Oof. If I could go anywhere in the world, that's a tough one. Yeah, I know, right? Your passport is all stamped up. Well, the the Christian in me would love to go to Israel. The yogi okay. in me would love to go to Bali. Ooh, yes, <laughs> yes. Watch out! I'm checking your Instagram in the next two weeks. I guarantee one of those trips are going to happen. I love it. Okay, all right. Um, your favorite place to go in Miami. My favorite place, the beach. The beach. Is the there beach. a G, do you North Beach, Key Biscayne Beach, South, South beach, beach? South Beach all day. Just sand, water, it's all I need. Okay. And, yeah. then, and then how do you heal? How do I heal? Mm. 
Well, I usually, you know, massages are a big thing for me. Nice. And really just sleeping. Okay. Sleeping. Rest. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love yeah. that. And I guess the last one, one thing you know for sure. One thing I know for sure yeah. is that we're all going to be okay. Nice. I love that. Fucking Lizzie, here that. <laughs> Thank you for going on this beautiful journey. Thank you um, for having me. Um, let, let people know. Give us a call to action. How does someone, if someone's hearing this conversation here, inspired by your story and the work that you're creating, give us access points. What are you doing? Um, what are some things coming up for you in the future that you're putting together? How do people get in contact with you? If you're looking for inspiration, if you're looking for somewhere to start, just get on your mat. Yeah. We have 56 classes on the schedule at Casa Vinyasa. I'm pretty sure one of them can fit, fit into your schedule. Nice. Get on your mat and just start there. I love that. Without any expectation, just see where it takes you. I love that. I love that. Drop your social media. At Casa Vinyasa Miami or at Lizzie C Fitness. Yeah. I, was, I would say start off with Lizzie. You know, Lizzie C Fitness. She, she's an inspiration. She's an inspiration and she's a conduit that will take you to Casa. Yeah. Speaking of Casa, thank you for coming home. Absolutely. It's been a little bit Absolutely. Of guys, that's a conversation. Shout out, Lizzie. Thank you again for, for sharing and holding space together. I hope you guys took a lot of as much meaning from this conversation as I have. I feel so fortunate to have been able to go on this journey. So thank, thank you. you so much. And thank hope you for to having have you back me. soon. All right, guys. Be black. Hey, Tribe. So if you're excited about the Breathe Life content and you want to find other ways to stay connected, the next time you're on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube, be sure to type in Fahim Mujahid or Breathe Life into the search bar and check out all the mindful things we have going on on your favorite platform.